Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Dave St. Peter, Twins President, with us. Uh, the entire northern part of the country uh, fighting horrible uh, weather and uh, the Twins more than anyone because they got somehow they stuck you with a nine-game homestand before April 15th. Uh, what can be done here, sir? Well, Patrick, uh, good afternoon. Yeah, MLB picked a tough year to move the schedule, right, <laughs> March 29th. Yes. So that, that hasn't worked out uh, as well as... Uh, I think Commissioner Manfred would have hoped, but uh, yeah, you know, it's you know, I've studied a lot of weather here, you know, dating back to prior to when we made this move, and you know, what's what's gone on here is is admittedly you know fairly unusual. I think everybody has documented yes. that, but yes. you know, I think the bigger frustration for us, Patrick, isn't isn't probably the number of games in April; it's the opponents. I, I think it's much easier on a weekend. When you're playing the White Sox, you're playing the Tigers, you're playing the Indians. I mean, we don't play the Royals until the end of May, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, those interdivision games are just a little bit easier to reschedule. So, I mean, these are all things that we have talked to baseball about repeatedly. I can assure you we're talking to them about it again now, and we're not the only club with some of those concerns. I would think that this has drama- dramatized the risk they're taking. Not, And I'm not talking about just you guys. It's been terrible everywhere, uh, New York and, you know, Chicago and everywhere. That I just don't understand. There are fourteen or fifteen locations that are either fairly warm weather or have roofs. I don't know why we don't take better advantage of that. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I would concur. Um, I you know, I've, and I can assure you that that that's a source of uh, great frustration. We've talked about it. I you know, I will tell you that those those clubs. Uh, Believe it or not, not all of them want to open at home. Many of them want to open on the road, and I think this is one of those things that requires probably that it be mandated at some point. So, just you know, the, now the reality of that is, it's a lot like safety netting, right? We can put up yeah. all the netting we want, and there's still going to be people get sure. hurt. Yeah. We can put all the, the northern climate clubs on the road for the first ten days of the year, and God forbid we can get snow in the third yeah, week of right. April in Minnesota, yeah. right? Yeah. So, it, it's not the end all, but I think it is part of it, and. I'm hopeful that uh, what's going on this year maybe helps uh, spur that conversation and some some changes around the scheduling. Because okay. certainly we have to be on the road every year at the start of the year, and um, that's never going to change. Yeah, here's my uh, theory that, uh, uh, let's face it, everybody says, well, they don't want to have those early season games, uh, have a long homestand in early season. But, but 
nobody draws before April 20th anyway, so you end up balancing it out uh, as far as the games. I mean, uh, if you're home the yeah. first week, I, I don't get what they're complaining about. I really don't. Yeah, you know, we're not, a, you know, and, I, and I'll be clear on this, you know, I don't think we're, we've ever been opposed to going on a, you know, like the Cubs this year, I think, opened with a 9-10 yes. game road trip. Of course, they came home to six inches of snow at Wrigley. Yeah, right. But, you know, I you know I think if you go on that and you're, and you're confident in your club, I you know, I I don't think that's I don't think that's a non-starter, and, and some would argue you actually have a better chance to build as a team on the road than you do at home early in the year like that coming out of spring training. So, yeah, it's, I know it's a frustration, and I can tell you we're scared to death about what's going to take place here the next few days. Tonight will be good, and hopefully we're going to find a way to get at least one one or two more of these in over the weekend. Do you? Uh, if you, it sounds like uh, maybe they would be uh, you would uh, be in favor of uh, if you're going to play these early season games, they'd be in guy in teams that are going to come back uh, yeah, so hopefully. you can do something. And it, yeah, And, of course, that's difficult with the current schedule yeah, format five, because yeah. uh, I've only got five clubs, and they're all, frankly, in challenged uh, weather markets themselves for the most part, particularly Detroit and Cleveland and, and the White Sox. So, uh, but yeah, it would be helpful because you know with the White Sox this weekend. Frankly, we could we have just more flexibility in, in trying to, to 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 move games into into the middle of the summer, perhaps uh, that uh, is better probably for fans. I'm not sure it's great for our team if you end up stacking up double headers, but uh, it's certainly a better outcome for fans. You're uh, you're good for tonight. Yeah, we're good for tonight, Patrick. And uh, so, what if you lose two then? Uh, against the Whiteys, you got <laughs> when you look ahead. If you lose two over the weekend, uh, I mean, as far as postponements, uh, you can you got places to fit them. Yeah, they come. The White Sox come back here in June. Um, there's certainly an ability there to add at least one in the midst of that series, probably as part of a of a, of a as a doubleheader. There's also a mutual off day leading into that series that that possibly could be an option. The White Sox would need to approve it, uh, and then of course there's there's another mutual off day in August. So. We have some other. We have some flexibility <laughs> Those, there, and you know, we've, we've. I can assure you, we've been in a lot of dialogue with the White Sox the last twenty-four hours. Dave St. Peter's with us. Those off days are becoming valuable for everybody looking at yeah. their schedules. So there's competition for them. Hey, uh, it's uh, yeah. It's you got ironic, a pretty. Now, the bad ironic. part is you have a pretty good club here. Yeah, we like our club. You know, I think what what people saw this week out of Lance Lynn and Jake Odorizzi should, I think, give. Well, Twins fans, I think, reason for optimism. I think we think those guys are professional pitchers and are going to give us a chance most nights out. And obviously, we think the same about Barrios. And we got to get, we got to get Irvin back. We're encouraged by the route he's on the last few days. So um, we got to start scoring some runs. I think we always thought this team was going to score runs, and I think you know I'm blaming the weather for at least part of that early. So, um, but yeah, we like our club, Patrick. We think we can, uh, we think we can be relevant all season long, and hopefully deep into the. Uh, into October. Uh, it could be worse. You could be the team president of the Rochester Red Wings trying to get that. Uh, <laughs> they had yeah, the they, whole they, first they've weekend. A, they've had a tough go there. Their home opener will, you know, <laughs> ends up being delayed uh, multiple four times, days. So. Four days. Yeah, it uh, it is bad. So uh, the a uh, Major League Baseball. It's probably going to be sending out an edict about brawls here any moment. Huh? We've had two of them in uh, yeah, two days. It's, yeah. uh, it's yeah, weird. Yeah you're, huh? yeah, you're right about that. And, you know, obviously there's some history there. Some of those clubs, I think the Orioles are, are in Fenway this weekend. You might remember last year that those teams had a yeah. had a horrible go. So I'm certain there was something sent this weekend to those clubs. So 
but yeah, it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be a, a, a Yankees Red Sox series, right? If we mm-hmm. one didn't see them all the time, and two, there wasn't a good brawl early on. That'll spike TV ratings as we go forward. Hey, Dave, uh, you got the Wild in the playoffs. You got the Wolves in the playoffs. You have the Vikings heading for the draft. Yeah. You got the soccer team playing, uh, and uh, this market is uh, pretty competitive out there right now. That's an understatement. <laughs> I think we're back on the clock. In turn, I think we started the playoff streak, and now I, yeah. I think I was reminded that we're we're the next team up. So, yeah, I think you know, Patrick. I've always told people I think the pressure's on owners and club management to put a good product on the field and to take care of their facilities. Because if you don't, you're going to suffer in this market just because it's so competitive. And I think it's great news for the fans in this market because I think it puts pressure on every team to deliver and and provide value uh, in, in, in more than one way. So um, we feel good about our team, but uh, it's a it's a cluttered sports market and may be here over the next couple months. Uh, you uh, you might have to get Miss Whalen over there to throw out a first ball, too. Huh? No question. Good for her. Good for her. Well, I thought Mr. Coyle made a very smart hire there today. Yes, it's uh, she is a uh, great character and uh, and a and a serious young lady about her basketball too. So that's uh, that's good. Well, uh, good luck playing some ball games this weekend, sir. And uh, it's how's the hey, by the way, how's the bat and barrel doing? I mean, the bat crowds haven't everybody's yeah. freezing to death, but bat bat and barrel is a really cool space patrick we're thrilled the way it's gone the first uh, week and frankly it's we're scratching the surface because the best part of bat and barrel is the new operable glass windows that will connect that space to the field and we clearly we haven't had those up yet based on the weather so <laughs> nobody's been demanding that, that you open the windows huh? no no that hasn't <laughs> happened but i'm hoping maybe when cincinnati comes in on the 27th we'll be able to do that and Let's hope we get a couple games in this weekend. I lobbied baseball to move this whole series to Puerto Rico. <laughs> yes. Just play six down there, but that didn't work out too well. So. How big is the Twins delegation heading to Puerto Rico? Uh, you know, I would say it's we've probably added 20, 25 people um, mm-hmm. to, to our normal crew. Um, some of that is, um, you know, I, th- I think just understanding this is a, you know, for baseball, a jewel event. And we're trying to do what we can from a community perspective to try to connect with some people there and help out. So. It's good. It's an honor. To, you know, we feel good about being asked, and it's a huge, huge deal to Eddie Rosario and uh, Mr. Barrios, and I think their teammates really are looking forward to, to, to being part of this thing as well. And you were down there, right? Uh, how's it, uh, How are the conditions around the ballpark and where you're well, going to be? Well, ball, the, ball, the ballpark's fine. I mean, they've worked hard over the last, uh, you know, several months to, to, to get it back to uh, to, to game shape. It's a turf field. Um, you know, and San Juan itself is great. Most of the Hotels, resorts are back to you know their pre-storm condition. It's the challenges are are more inland. And, yes, uh, we're going to visit some of those spaces, and I know Eddie's going to do an event in his town, and we're doing some things with Jose in his town. So, um, you know that, that 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 island still needs a lot of help, and I think baseball is a big part of trying to do that, but also a, a big part to them of sending a message that they're open for business. Tourism drives the economy there, and uh, they view baseball as a way to send that message. Hey, Dave, thanks for your time, sir. All right, be well. All right, uh, Dave St. Peter, Twins president, and, uh, you know, you just like to play half your ball games on a weekend, right? I, I they, They're going to play tonight, but I don't know how it happens after tonight. Do you? Well, and that's just it, and I'm, I'm wondering, too, if instead, because we're not losing games, we're not going to, Major League Baseball is not going to alter that part of it, but no. you wonder, too, if it's just going to become division-heavy then at the beginnings of e- beginning well, of each season. Here, yeah, or, you know, Go back to a balanced schedule, you know. Don't don't make it so top heavy uh, with division opponents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, figure out something that. You, but you can't though, because of the interleague play, right? Isn't that part of the reason why? Uh, because we have to always have an interleague matchup. 
I don't know. Leave it to the fixer. I'll have an answer here. <laughs> you got to give me a couple of days. Gotcha. It's, I got to make 30 owners happy. But <laughs> give me a couple of days. The fixer will come up with it. Did you know- and live inside of the TCL Broadcast Studios, this portion of the Ride with Royce is sponsored by Bubba Burger. Bubba Burger is America's favorite burger. Watch the Bubba Burger Sports Car Grand Prix televised live on Fox at 4 p.m. Eastern Saturday. Find Bubba Burger in your local grocer's freezer. Give us 30 minutes, and we'll give you everything clucks. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is like that. <laughs> Jess Myers now joins the Ride with Royce right for this edition of the Hockey Half Hour. Doesn't take Mark Coyle long to hire his new coaches, does it? It took 20 minutes to hire Moscow and 10 minutes to hire Lindsey Whalen today. Actually, he waited a week to hire Moscow, <laughs> and I put a nice it, thank you up on Twitter because yeah. University of North Dakota, the last two times they've changed coaches, they hire the new guy like three three hours later, and I said, at least give us a week to play with it. You know, Even if you know the guy, let us speculate and have some fun. A lot of uh, thought that uh, the um, there were some preliminary discussions with uh, Coach Motzko during I, the... I think the, a phone call may have been... Before the uh, Sioux at, Falls at some point. Regional, yeah, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. So. But it did move pretty quickly. I mean, uh, Motzko said, you know, they lose on Friday night, and by Sunday night he's in the Twin Cities, you know, picking out mm-hmm. uh, the drapes and everything, so... We ever... Uh, did they... Uh, anybody yet report the con- uh, contract details? Five hundred sixty-five thousand the first that's year, the base, and or? it goes up from there to a little mm-hmm. over six hundred. And the Don, that's about Don was making a little less than that, right? Don was making uh, no, mean, Don was making than, about about six hundred. Okay, yeah. And the best uh, tweet I received in the wake, uh, the immediate wake of UMD winning its section second national championship, saying uh, if Motzko's worth six hundred thousand, how much must Sandlin be worth? Because Sandlin's making about half of that, about three hundred. Well, hey, uh, oops, is Saint Cloud? I did, Anything happened in there? Nothing yet? happened in there. They've yeah, got they, a couple names that I've heard. Garrett Raboyne, who's a former player there, is a younger guy. Uh, they, they like him a lot. And a guy named Rickard Gronberg, Swedish kid. Yeah, I read that played story. Played there. Rick had that story yep. on, uh, on the, the and Swedish, now he's like a Swedish, Swedish, Swedish national, national coach. team coach. Yeah. But wondered uh, if he would be interested in coming back and, and coaching college hockey. That would be interesting. Absolutely. Uh, you, you have a couple of Danes and three Finns and they've, five Swedes playing for him. They've talked about Mike Hastings a little bit, too, the Mankato coach. I don't think he would make that move. I think it would be a pretty, pretty, lateral. pretty lateral move for him. Plus, he just signed a big new contract in Mankato. Yeah, St. Cloud isn't going to. St. Cloud cannot. There's a limit. You know, there's uh, it's a smaller market. You, hey, they've you been talking about dropping that. football for yeah, how long? So you know that too, that athletic yeah. department doesn't have a ton of uh, no, they do not ton of money a, to spend. Don't have much think. money. So uh, I approve of the Wild losing last night. I said that uh, the hour ago because when you get outshot forty to twenty, you're not supposed to win. I like a sport where you get it outplayed. You lose. You don't like the consummate hot goalie in the playoffs, Patrick. Uh, well, Come on, yeah. it's a fine tradition of a Jake Allen popping up <laughs> yes. and then never being heard from again. Did the Wild out shoot him forty to twenty though? Yeah. Ever did they? No, uh, yeah, I, I don't, don't think know. it was that dramatic. But yeah. hey, congrats to Winnipeg. I think nineteen ninety five. I'm pretty the sure last the last time, time they won a playoff game in Winnipeg. When did they leave? They left at the end of the ninety five season, and so, they won. They won one. So that they year. they were in the playoffs in the first round against Detroit that year, lost the series. But Nikolai Habibulin was their young hot goalie, and I know they won really? at least one game that year. Uh, they uh, Richard Burke, who uh, would have moved the team here if the uh, if they hadn't been so hard nosed with him on the negotiations. Right. Maybe, maybe right. I don't. Know. No, he bought the team with the intention to move it here. I think, mm-hmm. and then. Phoenix well, was plan they found B. Out they went to Target Center and found out they didn't have a press box. Right. <laughs> and didn't have any money. Like, the, no. the Timberwolves controlled all the sweet revenue yes. and all of that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. 
Richard Burke and Stephen Gluckstern. I still remember oh, that's their, right. big, their big press conference. Who the hell owns them down there now? They've coyotes. Oh, it's a new it's a new conglomerate. Uh, you know, well, community. the league owned them for about five years. They couldn't find an owner, and now it's a new conglomerate that's fighting with the city of Glendale every year. What so. did you uh, think of the uh, wild performance last night? I was at the uh, Wolves game and didn't. I get thought to see it was it. a pretty good. You know, for for where they are they right now, they had to withstand the early charge. Yeah, right? they 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 weathered the storm in the first period. They fell behind. You know, you took a lead, and then they just kind of got worn down by the fact that all those shots were happening. But hey, how about this new Iron Man, Matt Dumba? Team record thirty minutes on the ice for a regulation playoff game. So uh, really, yeah. So Suter never made thirty. Apparently, Suter never made thirty in regulation. So really, uh, yeah. So you know, everybody talked about can Dumba fill the shoes? Well, at least he's filling the minutes. We know that. So what is the uh, without having him, which means Dumba's up there with Brodeen, What what do you see differently about their defense? They well, just, uh, they, the, the big addition. Bro, if, if, if he played thirty, Brodeen must have played twenty six or something. Yeah. Huh? Brodeen's putting in a lot of minutes, and but then Dumba plays on a power play too, right? So. And you've got Spurgeon back. You know that's the good yeah, news right. now. Whether Spurgeon is up to 100%, who knows? But at this point in the year, nobody's up to 100% if you've been playing. They've got him paired with Carson Soucy. Now, I like Carson Soucy a lot. I think he's going to be a good player. Last night was his fourth NHL game, yeah. you know, and they put him in the playoffs in that atmosphere. So, What's the yeah. other pair, Ryan Murphy and... Uh, uh, Prosser's been getting some minutes okay. there, too. So, okay. yeah. yep. uh, you know, but, so I like the fact... They're a little thin there, aren't they? Yeah. They're really thin. I especially mean, long-term. Yeah. When you take Suter out of the mix, that's a big loss. But, uh, you know... This is kind of typical for the Wild, though. I looked at this stat in playoff series now. This was their 13th playoff series. In game one, they're 2-11 and 11 now. Really? Yeah, they've only won the first game twice. And one of them was their first ever playoff game back in 2003. They went into Colorado and shocked they the They won the first one, then lost the next three. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And then and, uh, and they wound up winning the series in overtime on the famous Andrew Brunette goal in, mm-hmm. uh, in game one. Most famous goal in uh, Wild history Absolutely. still, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, Absolutely. And by well, the way, thanks to the Wild, I got the nice swag bag that they send out every year with all the playoff hype stuff. And they're having that big uh, watch party tomorrow night at the arena. The gates are open. You can come down and watch the game on the big screen for free. It's going to be snowing out, so yes, you know, may, uh, maybe a nice night to go out but, get out in the big city. Tom Reed and the boys on West 7th approved. That might get some people to stop there afterwards. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, well, uh, Winnipeg is a... Uh, what? How did that goalie look? He looked good. I mean, and that was the question about Connor Hellebuck. He was a very good college goalie. Um, there, frankly, haven't been a lot of college goalies, at least recently, that have made a dramatic jump to, to NHL hockey. Jonathan Quick in, in L.A. has done pretty good after his career at UMass. Hellebuck came out of UMass Law, but he's a Michigan guy. He was a top goalie in college hockey four years ago. Started off pretty slow with them, and that was a big question. And now he's set the you know record for wins by an American goalie in a season and is doing everything they need from him. So. Colin had to be the oldest wild player ever to score a goal in a playoffs, <laughs> wasn't he? Have we had any other 40-year-olds? And the, and the second all-time uh, playoff scorer now for the wild behind Zach Parisi, and Parisi got one last night, too. Really? Yeah, absolutely. When did he have a good... Uh... When did uh, they? I, they're they're talking playoffs with all teams, not just. Oh, with the Wild. okay. Yeah, this was, this was his saying. first Wild yeah. playoff game since yeah. 2013. Yeah, yep. that's right. Well, uh, uh, meanwhile, the uh, the Penguins. Uh, oh. Hack. Oh, uh, not a good night for Hackstall. What was the oh. final? It was seven zero last Se- I looked. Seven nothing. Yeah, seven zero. And, and boy, those those patient fans in Philadelphia, I'm sure, will be just fine with that. You know, well, they welcome them there. home for Game Three yes. and, you know, with open arms. Well, seven zero reminds me of Mahoney's first playoff game in the Western Conference Finals up in Edmonton where 
7-0, and the <laughs> Edmonton fans said, clap seven times. Uh, you uh, just got 7 nothing, and you could at least cheer a little bit, you know. Back, wow. That was before they played music and stuff at, the, sure, at sure. Edmonton games. I love watching just, those highlight videos of the Glenn Anderson stuff. No advertising on the boards, no. you know, guys just zipping back and well, forth. What I always remember is the heads following the puck. Sure. The whole arena. Yep. You're following the puck up there. You had 17,000 Canadians in there who went there to watch the hockey game. Here's, here's the secret. <laughs> if you're picking out hockey seats, get something in the corner about 10 rows yeah, up. Because then yeah. you don't have to turn your head. You're just looking right at the ring. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the best place to sit. All right. Speaking of butts in the yeah. seats, by the way, uh, the college hockey schedules have started to leak out for next year. Uh, Gophers, Bob Motzko's first game. They get to watch the banner raising up in Duluth, October sixth, oh, really? right. Amsoil Arena, Gophers right. at Bulldogs. So. Right. What uh, what kind of a night? Friday or Saturday? I think it's a Friday night. They're going to play okay. a home and home, so they'll play oh, down here, here down, down here in the second game. First, they're going to have the banner raising. Huh? Could not work out better for the Bulldogs to have the Gophers standing there on the oh, ice when, is, when they uh, raise the that banner. That is fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know what? That is my cradle of hockey knowledge, Duluth. I went there in 1966. I was only there four months. But they were building the. This was so long ago. They were building the second, the the deck, <laughs> the which deck, is yeah. now which replaced the curling. Which club, now the yeah. old, yeah, the curl. Yeah. They still played that season in the curling club. It was their first year in the WCHA. Fantastic! And now yeah. they got two championships. Yep. All right. So the ride with Royce today is brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. Getting you caught up on the week in pucks. It's the Hockey Half Hour with Jess Myers. A combination that requires the highest level of conditioning, speed, creativity. On the ride with Royce. Yay, Bulldogs! The alma mater wins one. What a great story. Fantastic story. The miracle of pairwise math, I call them. It's The miracles of math. I like it. The miracles of math. So they have the welcome home celebration for them All right. two nights ago in Amsoil Arena, and tonight they have the welcome home for the gold medal girls. So big, oh, big really? hockey okay. a couple of nights in Duluth. Wonderful. Is so, Schuster going to get in there somehow? Oh, I'm sure. The you Schuster, know, the, you the can't avoid guys, him. Yeah. Where did he show up again the other day? He showed up with the Ryder Cup at Hazeltine. And then he also, was it something Twins related too? You're oh, right. Yeah, he I probably threw, threw out the, out the first, first ball pitch. the Twins, yeah. But then he did the Ryder Cup too. So Friday night of the Frozen Four, it's a tradition. I go every year, no matter where it is. We get together for dinner someplace every year at the sure. Frozen Four. So, and it's a How group big of, a delegation? We got a delegation of about 12 to 15. Okay. You know, and all we had a good writers, group. Yeah, writers from all over. You know, we got Brad Swassman from the Grand Forks Herald yeah. and all the way to Bernie Corbett, my buddy, who's the BU hockey guy, uh, you know. And so we're down to dinner in St. Paul, nice place, having a nice, you know, prime rib and all that. And Bernie from Boston turns to me and says, How's the chowder here? <laughs> and I said, Bernie, it's good, but it won't meet your standards. No, no, I promise you. No, you know, no, you're, no. You're, you're in Minnesota and you're yeah. having chowder. It's yeah, just, yeah, it, it's it's just it's not going to do it. We got to go a little further for the clams. Here. This yeah. is one, by the way, that we've, uh, my friend Neil Kepke has dubbed the American League dinner because it's always three hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> That's, uh, that, that is good. That's, uh, so, uh, great effort. I really thought uh, watching it and because. As I said on Twitter, I don't often watch an entire hockey game, but when I do, it's usually the Bulldogs playing for the national championship. Sure. And I did watch the whole game. And the second period, Notre Dame was running them and banging them. 
And I really was convinced Notre Dame was going to come out and beat him in the third period because they bigger guys, stronger guys. They carried the play to him there for the last 12, 13 minutes. But UMD turned it back up and played pretty damn good in the third period. I was saying all along, and I mean, for most of the season, I was saying it just felt like it was Notre Dame's year. And going into that game, you know, I was on with, uh, with Judd and Collar on Saturday morning. I said, it would surprise me if Notre Dame doesn't win this game because it just seems like their year. Plus, keep in mind... This was supposed to be the rebuilding year for the Bulldogs. You yes. know, they had f- five freshmen on defense. Mm-hmm. So we thought they would be pretty good, just not this good this quickly with, you know, a guy like Perunovic leading the charge. You know, U.S. College Hockey just named him their Rookie of the Year and named Sandlin Coach of the Year, and rightfully so. How come uh, that Hunter Miskey took off so early? Got a got an one offer. year, right? One year, yeah. yeah. Kid from Scandia. His his mm-hmm. dad is the one who does the hockey, the goalie helmets. He's the he's the oh, goalie uh, helmet. Really? Artist. Okay. Got an offer. Where did he end up? Which uh, league do you end up? Arizona Coyotes. He's a, he's their minor, uh, minor league, minor their league top goal. minor league goalie. I okay. think he got called up for a couple games. I don't think okay. he got in, into any games for the Coyotes this year. Granted, you know, you or I could have probably played goalie for the Coyotes this year because it just was a bad uh, year for so them. So how many of the Andersons are back? Did they lose any of them yet? They're, uh, they're thinking they might lose Joey Anderson. Joey. And then, of course, he's Riley Tufty. Tufty is the other Tufty's, big question mark. Yeah, First I, round draft pick and big I, body. I talked to him when I did that Andrew Carroll piece because he was really tight with him. And uh, he was he was noncommittal when I asked him. But he's a big kid. Yeah, He's a big, six, big six strong, and, fast, yeah. fast. Man, these hockey players. Still young. I mean, what amazes I, me about these guys, Patrick, two years ago, I'm sitting in the super rink in Blaine in a chair interviewing Riley Tufty. He's playing for Blaine High School. Now he's winning a national championship. I was looking up Patrick Laney yesterday, the, the kid from... The Patrick Laney, oh, the Liney, 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 Liney yeah. the kid from Winnipeg, who's going to be 20 on April 19th, by the way. He's like 6'5". He's a big moose, too. They're, it's amazing how big these guys are getting. Kevin Sheveldayoff. And that's going to make goal scoring even more difficult. Right. Because there's no room in front of the net. Kevin Sheveldayoff, the GM in Winnipeg, has figured something out. Nobody's going to sign a free agent contract to come to Winnipeg. It's not a destination. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to want to play there. So he's built everything through the draft with guys like Kyle Connor and mm-hmm. and Mark Shifley and you know all these good young guys. Liney was kind of the consolation prize. He was the second overall pick because they didn't get Connor McDavid. Well, Liney's in the playoffs and McDavid's not. So you know it seems to have worked out okay for him. Uh, Kyle Connor, he's the Michigan kid. right? Yeah, he's he the was Michigan a kid. Really good goal scorer. Probably and, should have uh, won the Hobie two years ago and and didn't. And then uh, and yeah, you were surprised at the Hobie winner. I was surprised at the Hobie winner, but who was I, it again? Though? And Adam Gaudet, kid out of he's a uh, Massachusetts kid. He played at Northeastern. Uh, he's already signed with the Vancouver Canucks. Now here's the lousy mm-hmm. deal. Usually they have the top three finalists in attendance. Yes. All of them are signed. All of them are signed. So Gaudet was the only one that showed up. So I joked with Wally Shaver. <laughs> the rule is you must be present to win. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, the, the, But good for him. First Hobie for Northeastern, which know, is you know, a good program. You would think the NHL teams that are signing these guys would say, hey, you know, if you, you can go to the finals or something. A week ago, the NHL still hadn't figured out how it was going to determine a playoff tiebreaker, so I don't give them a lot of credit for anything. They were talking about playing a, you know, game 163 kind of thing. How come there was only two games last night? I thought they usually played them four and four. Played, was played three games last night. Oh, well, Ve- Vegas, wait, wait. of course, with their big uh, their big first win. They beat the, beat they the, beat LA the Kings. Kings. They beat the Kings. I, mean, I have been predicting a uh, Kings uh, upset of, uh, the, 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 of Vegas. It would seem round. to make sense, but, uh, but yeah, um, they're hyped up for hockey in Vegas. Hey, by the the way, Lywicki uh, oh. left the NFL. He's going to go out and run. This. So Seattle's going to get a team. Huh? Seattle's happening. I think so. Yeah, and then seven hundred million. Yeah, seven hundred million. Yeah, for, if you for can a hockey get team. Seven hundred million for hockey. What the hell are you going to get for an NBA? That 
the NFL, those guys aren't going to be able to resist not adding two for about three million a billion a piece, are they? Plus, get ready for this. You're going to have the Arizona Coyotes in the Central Division. They're going to have to move somebody from the Pacific to the Central to accommodate Seattle, and I think they'll move uh, they'll move the Coyotes into the Wild Division. That'd be okay. Yeah, it'd be a yeah, few more games you, in Phoenix. Nice, you get your nice trip down. Speaking there. of Phoenix, by the way. Mavericks fans and Bulldogs fans, December 28th, 29th, they're in the Arizona State Tournament next winter. So if you ever wanted to spend... What, December 27th, 8th and 9th? 20, 28th and 29th Mankato next Mankato State next and season. Duluth? Yep, Minnesota State, Mankato Hell, and Duluth. Hell, let's Bulldogs. go. What do you think, Ravers? It's your alma mater. Well, Glendale, Arizona in December? Come you on. grew up on Mavericks hockey. Absolutely. By the way, your Mavericks blew a 2-0 lead against UMD in the first game of the tournament. And lost three to two in overtime. You could have been national champions. It doesn't team, sit well. Teams in the NCAA tournament were fifteen and one going into the third period with a lead. That one team was your alma mater. <laughs> you know what? Mav Nation, we will rebound from Mav this. Mav Nation will rise you again. Got a, you got a pretty good coach down there. All right, and he's you know the greatest thing about the uh, that arena down there, and it's not Metlers, it's Poly Eyes is right next. <laughs> oh, Poly Eyes Pizza! I would have a few years ago. I might have said Metlers. I want to see their cheese. Ice. I want to see their cheese budget because you have no idea what's on your pizza when it comes. There's so much <laughs> oh, cheese it's on it. It's fantastic. Yes, and that's the worst thing about the Vikings leaving Mankato. <laughs> yeah, the, Metlers the or Poly. <laughs> Well, yeah, Egan probably doesn't have a lot of uh, no. gentlemen's clubs. No. I would true, think. true story. There's a uh, you know, there's there's Metlers, and then there's like a '50s bar right next to it. And I, after a game, they're playing Wisconsin. This is ten years ago. You're talking my about fr- Chevys, my, Chevys, yeah. right? My friend Jeff Sauer says we're going to be at the bar next to the rink. Just meet us there, okay? <laughs> so I walk. I, Chevys. Metlers. I don't know yeah. what this is. I walk in, looking around. Can I help you, sir? I said, yeah, I'm in the wrong place. I want the place next door. Sour? I'm surprised he wasn't a match. <laughs> we'll be back. Portion of the Ride with Royce today is brought to you by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, and zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. You have uh, one uh, minute and ten seconds to give me your closing uh, hockey thought of the college season or any other season. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it was a it was a weird season because the the teams that were supposed to be good were good until you got to the playoffs, and then it just all went. I got to ask you a question. Sure, absolutely. Uh, now that I think of it, any other college coaching changes except the one here? Uh, Scott Borak. Scott Borak, who was the coach at Lake Superior State for a few years, looks like he's going to be the new coach at Merrimack, which is out on the East Coast. Yes. They're, they're one of the hockey East teams. Mm-hmm. They've made the NCAA playoffs a few times, so that's the other one. You know, I'm waiting to see once the NHL firings start, if anybody goes after Jim Montgomery at uh, at Denver again. Well, it yeah. sounds like the Florida Panthers were really serious about him last year and gave him a look, and he decided not to go there. Uh, how about Seth Appert? Is he going to get another job? Seth Appert is uh, with the U.S. development team in Michigan. Seems to be doing well. He gets named to all these international tournaments, mm-hmm. so he's he's doing great. Good, uh, good Cottage Grove boy. Yeah, he's a cousin to my cousin Kyle. So that does that make him a cousin of mine? I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the Kevin Bacon rule, right? Yes. Six degrees yeah, of separation. Kyle Sheely and I. It's kind of like how I'm. I uh, can't even remember how we figured out we were related, but uh, oh yeah, well, Kyle Sheely. I know Kyle. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. cousin Kyle. Yeah. And uh, uh, you love working at a radio station with Kyle Sheely because you know what's going on. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, Jess. So we'll talk to you next week, sir. Tell me you will try to slip away somehow.